Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. On this episode of Box Office Breakdown, we're going to be breaking down all this weekend's box office, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, just blowing away the competition. We'll get to that and more next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Box Office Breakdown. Hey, everybody, welcome to Box Office Breakdown. Of course, this is the show where we look back at the box office for the weekend that was, and then we like to... Uh, I'm just going to delay it every time, because people are watching, like, come on, <laughs> if they actually know what it is. Uh, prognosticate. <laughs> oh, look at that. You know. About the box office this coming week. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. And my name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie Dillane. And uh, I'll post photos later. I have, you cannot see it all because my headphones and the camera is way too far away. But I have Groot and uh, Rocket earrings on. And I got my Guardians of the Galaxy t-shirt. So, you know, I was trying to prep for today. And uh, the other uh, quick little shout out to Espionage Cosmetics. I'm wearing killer nail wraps and it's like blood. I felt it was appropriate for my American Gods show, which is after this. So if you guys are up late. Oh, you'll be able to check or if you want to well. watch it later because you're not watching this live. No, oh, there you true. And you know what? If you, uh, in fact, that's a great segue, folks, because you know what you can do? You can like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And more importantly, give it a thumbs up. Because I, I don't say that enough for Carrie Lynn's I know. Liking. I was like, you keep forgetting thumbs up on the YouTube Gotta video. Got thumbs up those YouTube videos. But you can also, even if you're not joining us live, you can comment down below mm-hmm. underneath this video. Right down right down, yep. right, right down, underneath us. Right there as you're looking at it. And feel free, everybody, hop in the chat. Share your thoughts about the box office, anything you've been seeing, or anything that we're going to be talking about on this particular episode. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we wouldn't be doing all of this, though, without the, the, the probably the most important person here, Neil Plumley. I wouldn't say the most important. I would. But. You're up there. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, I'll take any accolades I can get, Frank. Thank you very much. You can find me on Twitter at the Neil Plumley, T-H-E-N-E-I-L-P-L-U-M-L-E-Y. Because we love you. <laughs> That's right. All right, so ladies Just so much enthusiasm with the, That's right. the name. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, we'll jump right into the top five, because uh, I know we've all seen this film, and I'm sure many of you have seen it as well, yeah. given the, how much money he pulled into the box office. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 from Disney, $145 million. Yeah, we aimed real low, but we knew that. We were like, and did it. Yeah, it did incredibly. Now, we've all seen it, so... Yes. Carrie, we'll start with you. Your thoughts. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if I... I might almost say I like it better than the first one, if only because the first one was hyped too much by the time I saw it that mm. I thought it was okay and not amazing because everyone's like, ah, freaking out about it. And I was like, no, I liked it. Uh, but this one, I just felt it was very fun. Uh, I did hear the argument that there's not really a clear bad guy the same way the first one has. There's not like that, you know, hardcore villain that they got to fight the same way. But that's not, I didn't really care about that at all. And then also, anytime you have any sequel, you almost like it better because you already know the group. And yeah. uh, it just builds upon, like, oh, yeah, it's all my all my buddies back together. And baby group. Baby group for the win. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> it's so cute. That's true. Uh, Neil, what did you think? I thought uh, along the same lines as Carrie. Now, I didn't quite... Um like the first one quite as much as everyone else did. I felt like maybe it just was overhyped before I saw it in theaters mm-hmm. and I was sort of let down by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, uh, I saw it opening night, so I didn't have anyone telling me how good or bad it was, 
which was a great decision because I was able to form my own opinion on the matter. But I thought it was good. I thought um, I think it's interesting how James Gunn can really take a lot of characters and even add a few more and give everyone uh, their own uh, arc. Mm-hmm. Now, it might not be uh, as as big or as small as you know other arcs in the movie, but each character was able to have their own small or decently large arc in the film, and I thought that was fantastic. And I really like how Sean Gunn had a little bit more of a character development in this movie. Uh, he was um, he played uh, Yondu's, I guess you would say, he was Yondu's lieutenant um, in the in the Ravagers, um, the one who helped Groot um, get the materials they needed to mm, break mm-hmm. out near the end. Um, yeah, I, I like how he had a little. He had he, even even he had a little bit of a thing. I liked yeah. his character too. Yeah. Um, I, excellent explanation about the characters. I definitely agree. Yeah, so I, I think uh, I think the movie's you know very good. It's definitely fun to see in theaters. I saw it in three D, which uh, worked. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Uh, good to know. It, it didn't distract. It it just sort of it sort of Avatar did, did the Avatar thing where it just gave you some depth, which was nice. Um, and some of the battle sequences that actually was really cool because you got to see how far away and or how close different things were, which was nice. Gotcha. But um, overall, I'd I'd give it a. Hell, I'd give it an A. Oh, look yeah. at you. Serenity right. in the chat, throwing some shade. The first Guardians was great. The sequel sucked. Ouch. I wouldn't say it sucked. Absolutely not. I mean, some people might not like it as much, but it's it's a little different of vibe. No, it's, uh, and I agree with what you're saying, too. It's just, it's nice. I think I, I tend to gravitate more towards the second film in the series because the origin stories, I feel like, all right, great. I'm just watching this film to see how they, they put the band together. Yeah. And I wanted to see the band already yes. being, a, being on tour, seeing what they get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like what they did with uh, Michael Rooker's character, too. I was not a, yeah, it was fine in the first movie, but boy, they really made me like where, he, where they took him in this uh, this film. Yeah, a lot of characters had more interesting arcs. Kind of, yeah, you know exactly what you're saying too. Of it was cool to see where they went, um, the decisions they made, and everything. And because yeah, again, it builds on what we already know, so we don't need that exposition really anymore. And even with new characters, I felt they were able to give them interesting parts without necessarily wasting time on like who is this person yeah i thought mandis so I, I thought she was a good oh addition. she's very fun yeah. yeah i thought she worked in really well and uh let's all just uh, take a moment to acknowledge the awesomeness of kurt russell's hair oh that feathered hair of the seven oh, <laughs> the 80 loved it. <laughs> loved it yeah that was pretty great that was pretty impressive hair uh, i saw an interview with him where he said unlike uh, like with Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Douglas when they're doing the de-aging techniques that they yes. did for their films, they used less on him because the makeup artist that he he's worked with, he's worked with for like 24 years. Oh, so really knows like, I the thought it of his l- face. looked not fake, which was nice because I wondered that. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, I really hope they're not doing anything. Yeah, so they said but they used very little. They nice. used, most of it was achieved by makeup. Nice. So, uh, yeah, he said as he, as he got the makeup done and he uh, got the hair all done. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, don't worry, guys. We're not saying spoilers. I mean, we're... You get to see him in the past. Oh, yes. But not really. That's not a spoiler. No. Trust and me. he has very beautiful he- feathered hair. Oh, it's it's luxurious. That, I mean, Kurt Russell's That must known. be a wig. <laughs> I think that's true. But, but his regular hair that he has most of the movies has a nice full head of hair. He always rocks the sweet mm-hmm. hair, man. I've always been a fan of... Kurt Russell's always great to watch, yes. but just the hair alone is always worth, worth checking out. Interesting. Hugh in the chat says, the first one is more like Star Wars. The second one is more like Star Trek. I would like you to elaborate, but I think that's an interesting comparison. Hmm, interesting. I thought the second one is more fun, in a way. Um, like, more just entertaining, rather... Th- 
I don't know. What uh, do you think? Um, yeah, I felt like, man, they both had those moments, the, those little emotional moments that get you. Oh, yeah. In both of them. Uh, man. And I felt like, even like things with the music selection, I felt like both it's good songs. Bo- bo- both songs are both the, uh, from both films. Soundtrack is good. This felt it was a little bit more, almost like a little bit more sophisticated in the way they kind of paired it out, paired it out with certain scenes in the film. The music choices that they made. Now let me uh, let me elaborate a little bit on that thought there, Frank. Ah. Please do, Neil. I mm-hmm. know. Um, I I have a um, like a two degree connection to uh, the composer Tyler Bates. Oh, Ooh. nice. And he. Um, so uh, it's it's someone I know personally who who knows him. And uh, he was talking to me about, like, all the processes and stuff that Tyler was telling him throughout, like, the production of this movie. Mm. And one of the thing was there's something very lacking from MCU movies, and that is uh, a recognizable soundtrack or even a hero theme for its characters. Now, if you look back on, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, you can pick out that theme and you can, like, hum it to yourself and you sort of get, like, an emotional response when it comes Mm -hmm. up in the opening credits and everything. And that doesn't happen in, in modern Marvel movies. And, and in fact, it hasn't really happened in the MCU unless you count some of the uses of the Avengers theme and only the Avengers movies or the Captain America theme, which primarily were just happening in the first two Captain America movies. Um, and this one, I really, really dug how there was a recognizable theme, maybe not recognizable enough so that you can hum it after you see the movie, but they stuck to a theme for the characters when they're in like their hero moments. Mm, and mm-hmm. I really liked that. And I thought that was, I, th- I definitely think that's where we need to go. There's a whole, uh, there's a YouTube channel I watched called every frame of painting. And they did a whole, th- whole th- dissection on Marvel movies and how their soundtracks are terrible because mm. they, they're, they're just flat and, and they don't really give you an emotional, they, they, basically they just, they do the Disney thing and they play it safe. Hmm. Um, but I like how this one took a little bit more risk than usual, and I think it paid off because the soundtrack I thought was fantastic. I, I like how um, – absolutely agree. The good music in this one too. Alvin in the chat said that the first one is more plot-driven. The second one's more character-driven, which yeah. that's what I want to see. I want the character interactions. No, and, very true. Because it's how they interact with the plot that I think makes it more interesting. Uh, there in Ken Jack in the chat says the de-aging effects for him were so far uh, – were the best by far in any of the Marvel movies, so – uh, I would agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's it's brief, but it's still man. Well, just because you know that it was just yeah, it was just uh, Kurt Russell with some makeup on. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know amazing to think what you can do with his age, but still knock him back. You know, de- decades just with the right uh, the way you apply the right correct makeup. Mm-hmm. A lighting probably helps too. Yeah, because I, I know in the interview I you said like if they even pushed lighting a bit fur- farther, they could have probably knocked even several more years off from yeah. one or two. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Some people were talking about the. Uh, there's been talk about Adam Warlock. James Gunn has talked about it possibly coming up in the next Guardian of the Galaxy mm. film, and uh, people are a lot of people have seemed to be talking about Matthew McConaughey. As- oh, and sorry, quick note. I don't know why, but during my I saw it today. As soon as the first post credit scene starts, it's going. There is a scene happening. People are like getting up and walking away, and I'm like, what? Yeah. So guys, stay all the way to the end because they have a few scenes throughout the credits slash the credits are animated. So I don't know why anybody would ever leave, especially on any Marvel movie now. You're like, what? No. Yeah. What? Ah. I mean, at the very least, just Google up a film that you're going to be checking out, especially for a big summer film. And they'll, you can find, they'll let you know 
They won't tell you what they are, but what they are, but they'll let you know if there's there's end credit scenes. Mm, okay. So just so you know if it's worth staying, because why why walk out of that and then just yes. be like, and then because people maybe go like, oh, I'm gonna look it up later, but you're already there. <laughs> yes. Two seconds. Sit there, check stuff on your phone if you really don't want to like get up and leave yet. Yeah. That's like, know. come on. You missed another good stuff because then you have to have the conversation with friends like, oh, what? There was stuff after the. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you don't want to be that guy. That's yeah. uh, that person that's like, hey, dumb dumb, why don't you just sit there? Just- or even if you guys notice in the credits, they have a moment. It's not spoilers. They have like moments where it's the names and it says I am Groot and it switches to what it is. And yeah. that was really cute. They had that throughout. That was a nice that little touch. Fun. Yeah. Man, so uh, I think all of us agree. Uh, well worth seeing, though. In, mm-hmm. in Absolutely. Theaters. Oh, yeah. It's just such a fun ride that I think it would be more fun to see in theaters than to um, watch on video later or something. Yeah. I'll... Uh, Mm-hmm. I'll be very curious to uh, to see how it's going to be because uh, the next appearance is going to be in the Avengers film, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So it'll be curious to see how they are in a film that James Grunt, James Gunn, I'm sure, has some uh, input in terms of how they're being presented. But mm-hmm. uh, the Russo brothers are going to be directing this, so curious to see how. Uh, which I think is the kind of the fun thing of like if you think about comic books when other creators take other yes, different characters and true. you get to see their interpretation of them. Yep. So it'd be kind of cool to see we'll what happens out. there. One more uh, bit of trivia. Laid on us. Mm. Bear with me. This is also one of the first MCU movies to switch from using an airy uh, Alexa cinema camera to using one of the red cameras. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the Alexa cameras, the image was very flat and not that colorful. Mm-hmm. And I could, I'm sure you guys could too, tell that this movie was much more vibrant yes. than other MCU movies you've seen in recent history. And it's because of this camera switch that all MCU movies are going to start t- making. Oh, oh I love the saturated colors. And there's some specific color things that happen later yeah. in the movie that love the saturated colors. Actually, even at the very beginning, the there's like something they're fighting and it that has bright colors. And I like that, too. The way the opening credits are presented. Oh, that was shot, so fun, too. <laughs> it's just a fun way of approaching yeah. all that and kind of circumventing audience expectations. Of what yeah, they're really thinking I like that. It was a fun... Again, if you guys haven't noticed, we've all said the word fun a lot. So if yes. you want a fun time, this is a good movie. That is, that is the one for you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, coming in number two uh, at the box office this week, The Fate of the Furious from Universal. Another uh, a steep drop from our, our 145 down to $8.5 million. Such a gap from number one to number two. Don't worry, folks. That still pushes them, at least domestically, to $207 million. So, you know. They're, I think they're doing yeah. okay. Uh, number three, the uh, the boss baby from Fox, another six point one million dollars. Mm. Uh, four, how to be a Latin lover, holding strong with another five point two million. <laughs> Carrie, yeah, no, haven't seen that one yet. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right, just checking. Uh, it's che- I was gonna say it's cheaper on Tuesdays, but I have work on Tuesday, so maybe I'll have to wait a little bit. Oh, Carrie. You know. How are you going to learn how to be a Latin lover? Don't wait till that one's free. Oh, <laughs> boo. Uh, and rounding it out, number five, Beauty and the Beast. Another $4.9 million there. Uh, now, speaking mm. of other films there, and uh, as always, we, we we don't want to do any spoilers, but uh, I got a chance to see Alien Covenant. Uh, ah, nice. This past Friday. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it's okay. It's Okay. I I think I was annoyed enough with the last one with Prometheus that this one I'm like I'm 
Well, Neil and I were talking a little bit about, about this. Is that I feel like Prometheus, the film frustrates me, but there are, it's so beautifully shot. There, there are. It is fun to go back and watch how things are shot. It, yeah. It, the characters and the way they act infuriates me at certain points. Right. But uh, just the look of the film is phenomenal. And I feel like this one, the film looks phenomenal. Uh, the characters are less irritatingly frustrating with their, okay. li- the, their plot choices. Uh and if you, I mean, certainly it's supposed to be now that they've branded from Prometheus to Aliens, you know, you're going to see a lot more Xenomorphs, which I feel like people were wanting to see. Mm. So, uh, yeah. how how dumb and frustrating are the characters? You know, I'll say Danny McBride's excellent. Okay, that he's great. Uh, I just that's my problem with Prometheus. With so many moments, you're just like, well, that was stupid. Well, that was dumb. No, don't do that. Oh, you did it. Yes. Don't no. Mm. Because it's fine if bad stuff happens, even though you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But if you're just doing constantly dumb stuff, you just, as a viewer, you're like, I don't care. I, I don't care what happens to you now. No, oh, I know. And I felt like, like Char- ah. Charlize Theron's character was just so underwritten. And then the way that she uh, ends it at the, at her, in the film, just like, this is ridiculous. That mm. This was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ugh, okay. So bad. Uh, yeah. And, you know, for some reason, you know, James Franco is in this film for a hot second. Do you agree with Alvin's comment? Alvin there in the chat. Alien Covenant looks like Force Awakens, a rehash of the original Alien. Uh, It's not quite as good. It's not, well, clearly not as good as the original Alien. Um, It's not quite a rehash. It's basically like if you combined some elements of Alien and elements of Prometheus. You kind of mm. put them together. I don't necessarily <laughs> know if that's a great combination. Starfire, uh, Starfire, I like that. The Prometheus school of running away from things. Yeah, just run in a straight line and let it roll right over you. Oh, oh my gosh, it drives me nuts of anything when someone's running away. I'm like, guess what? If you ran to the side. Yes. It's like even Indiana Jones, like when the ball's rolling down the hill, I'm like, if you just went to the... Okay. No, it's so it's so frustrating. So, yeah. uh, again, a, a lovely film. James Franco, uh, if, you're, if you don't like James Franco... Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry. He's on the film for very long. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blink and you miss him. Which oh. still, but it's one of those that makes me feel like, why did James Franco want to be in this film? Because he wants to be in an alien movie. I, I, I guess. Because uh, sure. Danny McBride's in the film. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, and I was like, I was a. Uh, it was cool to see Danny McBride in this type of war. He's not like the. Uh, yeah, he's down and bound character. Mm-hmm. You know? Not comedic, yeah. No, but uh, but he was still really good. <laughs> Alvin, Prometheus offends me as a scientist. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not a scientist, but there are things, of, but there are procedures that I know from certain random job stuff I've done that I'm like, no, no. Mm. No, no, as I, as I ah. watch a film, there were moments where I was just thinking of Carrie Lane because she gets really irritated, irritated at Prometheus where they take off their helmets uh, there are moments where people take off their, you know, don't even bother putting on helmets, and you're like, mm, okay, yeah. Uh, but I, all I'll say is, as we move on, is that I feel like at the end of Prometheus, it sets up what you think the sequel is going to be about. Okay. And this film, it's it's frustrating because it does not. I feel like it does not deliver on what you what you'd hope to see. Okay. From what they uh, they they kind of promise Got is going to happen at the end of Prometheus. So. Uh, you know, Sean said Sean Bowman in the chat, but all you fans wanted a rehash of Alien. Don't complain out. I never wanted a rehash of that. Who wanted a rehash of Alien? Too many things. You're like, it was good before. Why do we need to remake it? And the first thing about this is that uh, <gasps> there are all these articles that came out that Ridley Scott has at least three, maybe more films mm-hmm. to, to do after this one. Uh, and then you've got Neil uh, 
blogging camp, uh, his aliens, like his version of Aliens 3, mm-hmm. is now pretty much like off the table now, which is disappointing. I'd rather see that film mm-hmm. than I'd rather see Ridley Scott do another prequel. I don't want to, I don't need to see a prequel of how these aliens came to be. Let me just see another alternative take on Aliens yeah. 3 with Ripley and Hicks and see what happens mm-hmm. there. Uh, things that we sadly, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. When this film comes out, maybe that might change. People might really all of a sudden get back on the Neil terrain, which I, I would readily hope. Because mm-hmm. I don't even think, like, even if even if uh, Ridley Scott wanted to do more films set in the prequel, I don't know why that for, uh, kind of rules out Neil doing his film, like an Alien 3. Mm. Possibly, yeah. I'd rather see that. Anyway, so that was our hot Alien Covenant talk, folks. We'll talk about more about that in a couple weeks as it comes out April 9th, or excuse me, May 19th. Uh, I think referring back to Guardians, IG... Uh... I think it's Christian Dash. I want Sylvester Stallone's group to get their own movie. That could be interesting. Yeah. What was Teddy? What was the Guardians Galaxy opening? I missed it. What? Uh, oh come on. Oh, uh, in, in terms of the the money, it was one hundred and forty five million dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like the opening I'm that. Co- scene. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, opening. Thank I you. Hope, I'm, I'm going to guess that Teddy. If I'm incorrect, please sorry. feel free to correct me in the chat. <laughs> but I'll just say it was one hundred and forty five uh, million there. Uh, yeah, you know, what I like is uh, certainly uh, Sylvester Stallone plays Starhawk, and his character, at least the costume in the comics, very out there. But I still like For the, the way what? Uh, in the comics is, yes. is Starhawk's costume very out oh, there. Oh, uh huh. But the way they kind of just at least gave it some little subtle nods to it, I thought it was a nice kind of practical. Sure. Well, there's plenty of costumes that have changed for some superhero movies because they're like, eh, that doesn't, it looks almost comedic now. Like, even just with the Avengers, like, this is what they look like in the comics. It's just like, it doesn't quite translate today, but well, they at least kind of try to. Because even if you look, watch back to the original Avengers, mm-hmm. and then now, like Captain America Civil War, the costume is so much better constructed now. Like, mm-hmm. going back to watch that first first Avengers film and seeing his costume as Captain America, you're like, oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Alvin, comic costumes being ridiculous over the top. Say it isn't so. I know, right? If someone actually made costumes for characters to be functional and not just, like, flashy? <laughs> what? <laughs> They're not part of Vegas. Come on now. It's got to be you gotta, you gotta form over function. Yes. Right? No? Or function over form? Who knows? Whatever, yeah. One of those two. Which is the right one? You want form over function? Or no, you want function, function over form. Function, yeah. Yeah, because you want to have like the, you want to be able to carry out your cool weapons. Well, even like I notice one of those random little things you notice. Uh, Gamora's shoes, she has wedges, so she's not on flat shoes. She has like a heel essentially, but it's a wedge, so it's not like a point. Hmm. And it's a weird cutout thing, which was like I'm like, well, that's kind of cool, but I'm like that simply is to make her taller. There's no f- function in that for like a fighting or doing anything and no that wouldn't be like oh i'm taller i could do no because it's like you're up on your toes so you can't actually like flex and move your feet enough to like jump or do stuff but better compared to flats but i just thought it was an interesting style choice to make her a little taller with that i, I think though that if you're taller it's easier for you to wield a sword right that it wouldn't make a difference <laughs> It's just I, the scenes where she's next to Star Lord, and then you're like, "Oh, you're like, you know, three inches taller because you're up on your toes." I was, I did like the scene of her holding up that big, huge gun, and just yes, uh, just, <laughs> just so hoisting it on her shoulder. Look at her go. Yes. 
All right. So, uh, hopping over to our international numbers. Of course, we've been talking about Disney's Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume 2. Uh, basically, it took root in three more key offshore markets for its second week, rocking out another $123.8 million in 55 total markets. This mm-hmm. th- takes the intergalactic uh, total to, or to, to uh, the international total to $282.6 million and $427.6 million globally. Uh, sorry, still talking about shoes, but they are important. Alvin says, I know Skamara's ridiculous shoes. Adelia, well, it would hurt more if she kicked you. No, it wouldn't make a difference because if she's hitting, no. Because if it's the front of the foot, side of the foot, that's exactly the same. And if it's the flat of the foot, it doesn't matter. Um, if it was a point, that'd be a totally different thing. And then Alvin brings up, yes, almost as bad Jurassic World running in high heels. No, not quite so bad, but almost. Um, actually, Atomic Blonde trailer, she has some high heels in that where I was like, at least she does use her heel as a weapon, which was cool, which they do in Red Eye, which I loved. Because you're like, finally, someone uses a stiletto as a weapon. Because, come on, it, it's pretty much a dagger Yeah, if you used it right. But um, you've seen the trailer for Atomic Blonde. Yes. I have. I know we haven't quite gone to their trailer section. But I was like, oh, that one looks so good. It does. I am excited about that. And that's an excellent use of music. Speaking of music for Guardians of the Galaxy, the Tom Blonde trailer, I love how they blend the songs into each other mm-hmm. and very seamlessly. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has uh, basically it opened up uh, in China, Korea, and Russia, and it scored an, a $48 million launch that tops the original by 75% for the, be- for the fourth Ooh. best Marvel Cinematic Universe debut ever. In the Middle Kingdom market. Mm. Word of Mouth is very strong in the James Gunn film, which has uh, an 8.4 rating on Duban. Basically, as it heads to $300 million internationally and $500 million worldwide in the next few days, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has the added distinction of pushing the Marvel Cinematic Universe over $11 billion. That covers combined global grosses from the 15 films since 2008. And the Guardians of the Two uh, Knockout, plus the gorgeous Beauty and the Beast, which is closing in on $700 million overseas, uh, has taken the Walt Disney Studios crossing $2 billion this weekend with $2.257 billion. Yikes. Just a little bit of pocket change. Yeah, I guess they're doing okay. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, yeah, and that's not even counting. Uh, I mean, imagine when Force Awakens comes out. Or, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, uh, The Last Jedi. At yeah, the end of the, at the end of the year, That's... I did like did, at your um, screening of Guardians of the Galaxy. Did they have a trailer for the ride at Disneyland? For, for... the Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, no. Okay, mine did. Oh yeah, they had a. I don't know if it was actually during the trailers or if it was um, beforehand. Hmm. But there's a fun little trailer for the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride at uh, California Adventure. Oh, interesting. It's like Rocket, like, hey, guys, my buddies have been captured. I need your help to get them out. And then, like, da a new ride coming May 27th. Oh, are you going to be going to check it out? I don't know if I go the first day. It'd be too long a line. But <laughs> I do have a SoCal Disney Pass, so I oh, should be going. All right. Well, yes. okay, I, uh, follow uh, Carrie Lane on Right. Oh, Instagram we'll do box Twitter. office from Disneyland. <laughs> oh, if we <laughs> there must. There we go. Yeah, all right. I mean, right? It's, it's be field, perfect. Yeah, it's, you know, we yes. have to. It's, uh, we, it's, it's a hard, hard work that we do for you folks. Yeah. To go ride those rides, it's only it's, it's so it's much work. work you it's know? work purposes only. That's it. No enjoyment drives whatsoever. Uh, elsewhere, Universal's fate, The Fate of the Furious has raced past 90, 950 million dollars off the on the offshore track, and Japan is also high on the high octane actioner with twenty three point one million dollars after ten days to outpace all other Fast and Furious movies. Uh, and also from Universal and Bloomhouse, Jordan Peele's Get Out has crossed two hundred million dollars worldwide. Nice. Uh, so basically, Fast Eight, uh, Universe's Furious, uh, Fast and Furious, Fate of the Furious, excuse me, eight zoom past 
950 million out of the international box office. The weekend is worth an estimated 30.1 million in 66 territories to bring it to 951.2 globally. And that globally that it's at 1.158 billion dollars becoming Universal's fourth highest grossing film worldwide behind Jurassic World. 1.67 billion, Furious 7, 1.52 billion, and Minions, 1.16 billion. So, you Universal, know. I mean, again, we've talked about this several weeks. It's the eighth film in a, in a, in a franchise. Incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. Any, any, any studio would kill to have those kind of numbers for oh, yeah. eighth film in a series. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, yes, uh, before we get into talking about next week's films, uh, hot trailer talk for a second. Yes. I did see, and I'm sure you saw if you were watching the Guardians film, uh, like kind of the extended kind of look at uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, uh, I don't think it was extended from whatever I had already seen, but tr- I. But go ahead. Yes. Which I, I, I this was because uh, I felt like it was more. Yeah, I guess yeah, a better clip than I'd seen before. A little bit more of the okay. action. What did you think? Uh, I think it looks cool. I'm down to see it. I mean, the Pirates universe has gone all kinds of crazy fun, but I'll watch it. I mean, I feel like the fourth film was kind of yeah. I don't. I know. I love like the first and second. And I think the third. I was like, I'm. I went and saw them all. Yeah, I felt like the fourth one was kind of. Eh, and then this one seems to be setting up at least another trilogy. I would think they could. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it could be interesting. I felt like the uh, the the, thing, the the scenes where you see like the, uh, yeah. the dead sharks that they bring to life and attacking them. That looks funny in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. Uh, yes, Lisa, we'll go to California Adventure and go ride that ride for uh, work purposes. Yes. Oh, Lisa, <laughs> that is, what a, what a nice sacrifice that you're right? willing to make. She saw Guardians of the Galaxy with me earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, well, we liked it. That. So she will go with you. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. Look at that. You can come too, Frank. Well, yeah, I, feel I told like, her about our show tonight, and, you know, I'm all, yeah, it's my buddy Frank. Oh, okay. Oh, well, thanks, Karen. <laughs> I'm, I'm touched to be even thought of. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, and let's see, uh, Lamp Shadia says since it's 2017 now and they have to make her politically correct, that's not going to happen, girl power. So, yeah, because um, earlier says Wonder Woman, what made Wonder Woman great popular originally was a girl in a bathing suit being tied up a lot or trying to up villain tie, guys. No, tie up, yeah. Uh, it looks awesome in the trailer, so whatever. Well, her, her creator was very much into bondage and S&M and things like that. Well, so. yeah, Wonder Woman was PG-rated Betty Page fetish uh, pinup. Now she'll just be boring female Batman. Boring? That trailer looks so cool. You know, yeah, it's it's tough, though, because you can make it, almost any movie look cool with the trailer. So This is true. We'll see. Yeah. You know, you just take all I those. want it to do well. I would love for it to do well. And, yeah. I mean, there was a uh, somebody from, I think it was like a theater owner in the UK, reported like, hey, the film's really good. But I also wanted to like, well, why are you as a theater owner going to say a film's not great? Because you're yeah. keeping people away from your theater. You know, I think it's interesting, though, too. Like the I, Wonder Woman has had such the dumbest controversy stuff that pop up that you're like, why? So one of the ones is like, I don't know what she's doing, but there's a moment freeze frame and it's her armpits that, oh my gosh, her armpits are a different color than the rest of her body because she lays out and tans her armpits or doesn't rather. And you're just like, why? And so they actually went in digitally and changed that. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's why? Who's complaining about that? Stupid internet people. But why? So, so what? If her arm- I don't know. It, I will say I have definitely laid out though and tan like this to make sure my armpits are. But I was like, why is anybody complaining about that? It's normal. Yeah. And it's just so like, ah. Uh, or today I was talking about it. Um, 
I brought it up before too. I there's a geek chic brand for men called Hero Within, and they have a jean Wonder Woman jacket. And men are like, "Yeah, that's cool, but why is a dude wearing that jacket?" Or I'd wear that, but uh, yeah, that's like too gay. And you're just like, okay. So with that logic, no woman should ever wear a Batman, Superman, you know, any of those uh, male characters because that's what you're saying. Like if you just flip what you're you're saying. You can hear how stupid that sounds. So I just think it's inter- I just want the movie to do well because it's like, ah, you know. You know, it is frustrating. I, I even think about clothing is that you'll see a l- women get a lot. There's a lot of awesome designs that they get that never get transferred to menstrual with a lot of cool female right? characters. I feel, and it, which is they frustrating. They have a flash hoodie that I thought you would like. I saw that. Yeah. I did like, but I also feel like, you know, sometimes there's a, like, a, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Supergirl, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, yeah. uh, Captain Marvel, a lot of yeah. Yeah, Medusa, Invisible Woman. It'd be cool to have, and I see t-shirts for them for women, and I never get to see those characters on men's shirts, and that's frustrating. Or, you know, by a similar problem, I see cool boy shirts, and, like, if they make a girl version, it has glitter, and it's pink or something. I'm like, yes. why can't I have the same thing? That's why I've bought some boy shirts before, because I'm like, well, that's, I'd rather that logo. Yeah. But it's just dumb. Sans glitter. Yeah, it's yeah. so frustrating. Not that I have anything against glitter or pink, but like if it's a Star Wars shirt, I don't need it to be, you know, bedazzled. Because <laughs> it's like that. It's yes. not even cool glitter. It's like bedazzled. And you're like, why? Uh, very frustrating. Yes. Uh, so we've got some films, uh, two films in consideration. We're going to be doing it for consideration for the box office bet in a little bit. Uh, we'll start throwing it out there right now for your voting pleasure. Uh, one is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. That looks really cool. Charlie Dunham, Jude Law, directed by uh, Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And then we've got Snatched with Goldie Hawn and mm. Amy Schumer. <laughs> Carrie Lane, very excited no. by that. <laughs> so those two films are going to be in contention for the box office bet. So start chiming away in there. I know Alvin's there in the chat. So uh, Alvin, if you wouldn't mind, I'd be so grateful if you would mind keeping mm. a track of those. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, we always like to do a, like, a look back, a little box office rewind about somebody that's going to be one of the upcoming films this weekend. So I figured, why don't we uh, do a little, look, uh, little look back at Goldie Hawn? Uh, we've been talking about Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Why don't we uh, look back at his significant, or her, his significant other, Goldie Hawn, both getting their stars mm-hmm. in the Hollywood Walk of Flame this weekend as well, too. Uh, and so her top five films at the box office, coming in number five was House Sitter. With uh, Steve Martin back from Universal back in 1992. Don't think I saw yeah, that one. Yeah, that's uh, nine, $9.1 million. Then we had uh, number four, The Banger Sisters from Fox back in 2002. Uh, made ten, a little over $10 million. I don't think I saw that I don't see that one, one either. Uh, three, I bet you've seen. Yes. Death Becomes Her. Yes. From Universal, nine, $1992, $12 million. Uh, number two, Bird on a Wire. Her, yes, that's an actually excellent her one. And uh, Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. There you that go. That really funny and really good. Uh, back in 1990, $15.3 million. And number one, The First Wives Club. That was actually good, too. I never saw that one. It was one of those ones, yeah, I never saw it. Like, I saw it more recently, and I was like, I liked it. Oh, all right. Uh, from back in 96, made $18.9 million. In fact, that ended up ultimately grossing $105.4 million for her. So it looks wow. like it's probably her biggest. Mm-hmm. Biggest box office total for her films there. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got two films entering the box office right here. So as you're chiming away from the box office bet, we are going to figure out our uh, what next week's top five rundown is going to look like. So, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword from Warner Brothers, opening up in over 3,600 screens. Snatched from Fox, a comedy airing in thir- opening in mm-hmm. 3,300 screens. 
How do you think those two are going to fit into our current top five? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Fate of the Furious, Boss Baby, How to Be a Latin Lover, and Beauty and the Beast. Neil, what do you think? I'm going to go right to Neil. Neil oh, I got you, Frank. I already have my list down. I love oh, it. This is a, Neil is prepared. a professional. I, like I have it down so hard I didn't even need to write it. I got oh, it on my head. Okay. right to memory. Here we go. Guardians, again, at number one. Oh, yeah. I don't see uh, I don't see Arthur topping it. I see Arthur doing you know admirably, but I don't see it topping it. So I'm gonna put Arthur at two, mm-hmm. um, and then we have uh, what was that one? Snatch? Is that what it was? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll put Snatch at three just because the, everyone else is dropping off pretty hard, mm. and I see it doing better than like eight or nine at least, maybe mm. probably a little bit more than that. So I'll put mm. Snatch at three, and then. Um, and then we'll have Fate and uh, uh, probably Boss Baby. Ooh, interesting. Now, a question for both you and Carrie as well mm-hmm. is, you've seen the trailers, the promote, uh, promos for King Arthur. Yeah. Are you guys jazzed by it? Or oh, you my gonna... gosh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. What's, what are you so jazzed about? Uh, I do like Guy Ritchie movies. Um, I like the highly stylized look of it. Uh, the I think there's a dryads the tree people like even that kind of mythical stuff looks cool um i think it looks cool i mean yes king arthur's story is very old and mm-hmm. told but i like that actually in the trailer they don't actually say anything about king arthur they they don't use that word they don't even say excalibur but clearly from the visuals you're like it's king arthur but i think that was smart on their part because then it's not like oh my gosh duh this thing yeah and jude law's a bad guy sure there you go uh neil are you excited about it uh, I'm entirely unsure about it. Okay. I feel like uh, it's got a good director behind it, but from what I've seen, it could either end up being Clash of the Titans, hmm. or it could be a uh, darker, slightly more fantastical um, sort of a Knight's Tale sort of a movie, mm-hmm. like sort of like genre clashing um, medieval rock opera thing going on hmm. so it could go either way for me uh i am interested to see it because i'm curious um, right but yeah i'm not sure i at this point i don't know if it's going to be good or not uh i missed who said it in the chat but someone made a good point that snatch might get a bump for mother's day weekend oh, interesting uh, that's true that is very true and i saw barry O'Mac mention there that he'd he's got a chance to already see king arthur and that he would see it again nice so um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know what, Neil? I agree with you. That's my list. I was like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that list. That's how We're I, all like, yep, that's yeah. pretty much I mean, no, like, it's, yeah. It, it kind of seems like that's the way it's going to go this week, right? Yes. Yeah. Guys, yeah. I feel like How to Be a Latin Lover is going to have a resurgence. It's heading right to number one. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Wow, guys. Hey, you know, we could. Yeah, you guys didn't take know. that seriously. Right, uh, Starfighter, someone explained to me why King Arthur has colossal elephants taller than the... Elephants and return the Those king. Those elephants are huge. Well, I want to say it's kind of they're going maybe in a like hyper stylist, maybe not as much, but similar in the realm of three hundred. That there'll be things that aren't regular at all, yeah. and yeah, there's uh, clearly magic involved. So I don't think it, things are going to be super grounded in reality. Yeah, Starfire. I think it's just. Uh, I think it's just going to be just a fantastical element. I think there's going to be a lot more fantastical <laughs> elements than that. Like there's in the trailer, you see like a weird underwater mermaid person. You see those uh, Lady of the Lake. Yeah, you see those druid things yep. in the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the elephants are just the biggest fantastical thing that we've seen in the trailer. Um, but there's also going to be imagery because we see a hawk. Is it a hawk with a snake in its talons that flies in the trailer? 
Isn't mm. that some sort of like a legendary? Oh, yeah, um, I think so. Like some sort of a myth or something? I forget, but there's. I feel like there's going to be a lot of mythological imagery in there as well. Could be. Well, this is all based on a true story, so. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then adapted from a novel. Yeah. <laughs> By Sapphire. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier Published. that there's something uh, related to uh, for Sao fans, so Sword Art Online fans. Is oh no, a... uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh. Sorry. See, there's another Sorry. one. I yes. was like, what? Oh, what? That's the other thing. Yeah, it's, what, what's his name? Charlie Hunnam? I call Charlie him Dunham, thumb, yeah. I call him Thumb Pockets. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how he walks around in every movie. And he might not have pockets in this movie, but his thumbs are definitely going to be tucked into his belt for uh, sure. That's a, that's a promise. 100% yeah. movie prediction <laughs> <Yeah>. guaranteed. <laughs> All right. Okay. You heard it from Neil. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, looks like we're getting ready to do the box office bet. And it looks like, uh, from the way the chat's going, it looks like King Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, so we are doing King Arthur. And we all say it's number two. So That's this is it. actually kind of interesting, though, because we all say it's number two, but what does that mean money-wise? That money is wise? very true. So, yes, again, from Warner Bros. Pictures, directed by Guy Ritchie, uh, you know, coming uh, hot off of uh, things like uh, Sherlock Holmes. He also yep. did uh, 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 with... Um, Gosh, the uh, uh, the man from Uncle. That was his most yes, recent. Yes, that time. was a good one too. Man from Uncle. Um, there. Well, the other thing too is it's another kind of action. Uh, <laughs> Locks. Michael says lock, stock, and two smoking swords. I like it. Um, <laughs> it's another kind of action, but a different kind of action movie. And um, yeah, we'll see. I feel oh, they've done trailers for that one for a while too. It's another one where they've been kind of planting that, like, hey, this movie's coming out. I do like uh, Sky Patterson saying, uh, thumb pockets, question mark? Mm-hmm. Neil, you, you're sweeping the Nathan with your thumb pockets there. It's uh, just watch Charlie Hunnam in anything. Okay. <laughs> his thumbs are in his pockets. Ooh, Ken Jack says only 25 for King Arthur. No, higher than that. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry says, King Arthur is kind of what Assassin's Creed should have been without the beast and magic, LOL. Uh, Alvin says 35. Mm, I still think maybe a little Well, more. ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a little box office bet. And of course, the way the box office bet works is that we're going to bet on what we think the opening box office total will be for the film that you picked in the chat, which is King Arthur. Uh, the one that's closest gets that bragging rights. They are the prognosticator of prognosticators. And the loser will have to go see the film. Tell us all about it. Oh, I like that. Serena says King Arthur is rock and roller plus uh, Excalibur. I like that. I liked rock and roller. So. Mm. Mm. They like your shirt and they're curious what your shirt is. You might oh. need a lean over so you can see oh, the center of it. Oh, yes. It's, uh... You need a scoot. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, no, uh, maybe come. this way? Sit up a little bit. This way? No. <laughs> this way? I don't know. Which way? This way? Yes, there, there you go. There you go. We'll do this. So it's like a hand inside, uh, bones inside a hand inside Kermit's head. There you go. It's yes. very cool and slightly disturbing. That's right. You see, uh, we're just going deep into the levels yes. of Kermit. Yes. Uh, going th- into the crust, the deep mantle of Kermit the Frog. Uh, Serenity says 30 to 40 for King Arthur, but I'm leaning more towards 40. Well, let's see. I mean, we've okay. got. Fine. Uh, imagine, all right, so uh, you got Guardians of the Galaxy 2, 145. Say it had a 50% drop-off. That's still, like, close to 100. Yeah, so, I mean, that's still going to give us uh, That was you know, horrible 72. math, I think. I was 72, like, <laughs> 72 million. If it has a 50% mm. drop-off, we're down at 72 million. Uh, thank you, Alvin. Man from Uncle was 110 worldwide. Oh, yeah, but that's not worldwide. Snatch was 84. Rock and Roll is 26. Revolver is 6.8. Actually, I liked all of those. Um, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Uh... Okay, I made a guess, but I don't know how close I am. Mm. All right. I got something. All right. Okay. 
What'd you put? Uh, well, up, 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 up. Right, you said thanks, Frank. Right. I'm eating right now. I know, right? <laughs> there you go. Just think about think about this mm. the, this skeletal hand. <laughs> All right. All right, Neil, what'd you got? Uh, I'm going to go with a cautious, I think it's cautious, I don't know, uh, a cautious uh, 60 million. Ooh. Oh. Gary? <laughs> 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 ah! All right. Uh, I went with 45. I, I was about to put 60, but I changed it the last second to 55. <laughs> oh, that's a good spread we got there. Yes. It's definitely a 45. Yeah, 45, 55, and 60. Yes. All right. Look at that. Whew. Oh, oh man. All right. Uh, I th- thought mine was cautious. You were cautious at 60. I don't know. Mm. I had actually first thought 70 because someone was saying 70, but then I'm like, yeah, there we go. Sorry, says everyone's lowballing. What if we're all wrong? It smashes box office to 100 plus. Mm. Uh, that's true. Thanks, Lisa. King Arthur is going to bring in a lot of different audience. Oh, that went away. Scroll back up. Uh, 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 audience and Richie's other films. Yeah, it does look a little bit different. All right. Um, and then <laughs> Epic Sword and Sandals movies do not do well in the States unless it's Lord of the Rings, I find, said Barry. Okay, that's a good point. All right. Well, ladies and oh. gentlemen, thanks, everybody, for sharing your thoughts about the box office this weekend. Yes. And you know what? The fun doesn't stop here. It still continues even after the show's over. So in the meantime, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And most importantly, give those two big thumbs up. Or just there's one. Just yeah. room for one thumb up. But, you know, go ahead and go to other videos of ours and give those thumbs up as well, too. And then if you're watching even after the show's over, feel free to comment down in there to chat below. And if you wanted to continue the conversation with us even after the show's over, Neil, where can they find you, sir? Uh, everyone can find me on Twitter at, or actually anywhere at, the Neil Plumley, T H E N E I L P L U M L E Y. Have fun. And uh, you can find me online at Carrie D Lane, that's K A R I D L A N E, and then check out Espionage Cosmetics. I have these awesome, uh, these ones are killer with blood, and they have other cool stuff. Uh, and just because we care about you guys watching, Justin in the chat, hello, I'm giving you a shout out. Oh, <laughs> because man. everybody, I'm like, we care about you guys watching, we appreciate it. Look at that. Yes, everybody. Absolutely. You, you make the show so much fun to do with you guys yes. in the chat every single week. We cannot stress enough how much we really appreciate all your involvement here. Mm-hmm. It means a lot. So, folks, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday night with another hot episode of the Box Office Breakdown. Right here. I forgot the name of our show for one second. It just blinked <laughs> out of like, my head. Right, right here on Popcorn Talks. Bye, everybody. See ya. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.